I know this baby's about to be out ya, but I was listening to a little in ya. Is that a Rudy Gobert reference? Uh, did you pick Enya? I did. I, there, was a, there was a purpose to Enya, isn't there, Lloyd? Yes, there is. Um, first of all, you, the guy that said that, was that you? Yeah. That made that little yeah. quip? That, it, that sounds like the dude that does the spa trouvé ads. <laughs> <laughs> like when you say, oh, I'm a guy. And she's like, uh-huh. That you know I'm a guy, right? You know I'm a gay, She's right? like, yeah. yeah. That was a, yeah. I, I chuckle every time I hear that because I'm like, that, that pesky hands, man. <laughs> uh, no, Enya. Oh, so real quick. Uh, Lloyd, I called Lloyd just to coordinate where everybody was today. Yeah. Um, you know, my wife, if she was in charge of this, would have it figured out a week ago. But called this morning, hey, are they on remote or are they in studio? And my schedule coordinated with being in studio, so it was cool. I'm Fantastic. Um, but we got on this side conversation about life and running around. I told him, man, I'm tired. And, and he told me, he said, dude, the other day, he kind of gave me some wisdom. He, he had a little memory pull up of his kids uh, a couple years ago. And he said, coach, we got to make time for the most important stuff. Right? Yeah. So then I said, you know, the other night I was laying on my couch and Enya was on. I used to listen to Enya on my mission trip. I love Enya. Yeah, that was always okay. Trip? Oh, yeah, I did the mission you trip. Didn't. I didn't. No, but yeah, that was always on the... Your mission uh, was seek and destroy at that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In was, a lot of different ways. I was hurting people. Lavelle yeah. was like, you know, you could, or you could stay here and be an ambassador for the church. Right. And then after, playing the, football. after the first year I was there, Lavelle was like, now, it might be better if you do go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you no. Know, the stuff you were causing on campus. Yeah. Sure, a little bit, and then come back to me. Yeah, Enya was always on the so, approved list with us, Yeah, too. exactly. So I was laying down, I was listening to it, and, and I swear to you, it took me right back to my little apartment in Newport, Rhode Island. I had tears rolling down my face. You know, Oh, you're back there. Kid. I love Newport. Oh, I love it, too, but I, it was a tough place to be a missionary. Oh, I bet. Uh, in June, you know, I was down there trying to street contact gals in bikinis and roller skates, and I was more interested in the, the roller skates. They're, than the, they're converting you the, the other way. Right. I was like, flirt, well, flirt to convert, yeah. yeah. Anyhow, my, I guess my long-winded story is Lloyd and I short, shared a moment today. I told him it's kind of, that's the marrow of life, those little, but I told him for you to write, to recognize from looking at that picture, uh, you know, we miss stuff if we're not present. And, and my guy Lloyd's a good dad. You know, he's, he's always evaluating himself. So it's, we just had a nice conversation. I thought I'd share because there's probably a lot of people who need to hear that. Oh, for sure. For sure. The better parts of life. They are. It's the marrow. But sometimes you, you talk like you're in your 60s, and you've got a lot of, lot of life to go. I mean, you're, you're, you're a young buck still. Coach. Yeah, dude, I feel, I don't know, man. It's, it's I can see you getting the bug and being like, yeah, I'm going to go back and coach again. Oh, no, no, no. No. Well, we can put a bet on that one. <laughs> we can put a bet on that one. That's not now, happening. Now, I will say if somebody wants me to come sit on their bench to try to improve the morale, morale or you know just a people guy yeah. I'm, I'm, i would i would maybe do that for a year is there anything you miss about coaching i know it's not recruiting <laughs> i miss the team yeah you know i try to get that at work um but the problem with work there's limits to to the intensity you can have unless you're worth hands i'm so glad you didn't squeeze me so hard today when you hugged me have i squeezed you in the past um, I, t- I tend to be thank more you gentle i have I squeezed you in the past? Oh, you've killed me. Like I, I went ahead, one day I had to go to the Cairo afterwards. Are you being serious? Yeah, I'll send you the bill. You I really did. <laughs> did I jack you up like that? Do you read for any chiropractors? You got <laughs> no, I don't. I, don't. I do want some Brotox. 
<laughs> you listen way too that's much, man. You guys are telling you. I love listening to you guys. That's the point in life that we're at is you um, need a little bro talks. So between the time I saw you last, uh, but I miss team, so that, that was the answer. But between the time I saw you guys last, I got to do a game with Scotty. Oh, man, that was so much fun. So fun. And oh, I, yeah. I got a video on my phone when they were, before the team came out, they were playing Ozzy, and I did like a 360. Yeah. Woof. Lloyd, nice. Lloyd and I were behind you staring at the back of your head. Did you know Lloyd and I were at that game? Yeah, I would have thought you'd maybe take That's what 14 I steps down and say, Yeah, hey, I fellas. thought that guys would hang out with us. I'm like, hey, let's let's all get the picture with the four of us after the game. But these guys like bolted like three see, minutes I mean, left of the game. After a loss, you'd bolt. I turned to Lloyd and I said, no chance we are going to interrupt that magic that's going on there. No, there was there was a, a love building. Oh, and I a love building between the two. So excluded cuz Scotty's my guy and it's like these he's bound to me. I mean, we, it's not that we're legally bound, but we're bound. It's not, yeah. I don't want to get a rumor started. <laughs> and, and to watch him sitting there just laughing, he kept throwing his head back. <laughs> and you know, I could see that you were Hey. I wish I could replicate what you and Rubes have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You came in on Monday, and it was just like uh, there was a look on your face that we've never seen we before. Never, we didn't see your feet touch the ground. You were levitating. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about me or hands? No, uh, you. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about hands after a trip to Stillwater with Greg Rubel. Oh, that's that was a fun trip. I busted that pinata. Yeah, I know. That was a fun trip. But uh, if you were to jump back into coaching, would you rather – Professional or collegiate? Again, I I don't want to coach anymore, but I, I I think there would be I would actually be more interested on building a team in the you know helping build a team in the pros evaluation scouting stuff yeah. like that. Um, college college is fun, uh, but I still the craziest thing I saw two people last night from I coached Lone Peak. We we, we won a state championship in two thousand one. 2000, 2001, um, with the great Sam Burgess, Taylor Risher, Chase Palmer, ran into Chase's parents the other night, last night at a Timview game. And again, you talk about how fast time goes. They're watching their grandson, this guy that played for me's kid. Okay. That's how far back the relationship goes. But I told them last night, I've got four rings from my time coaching in all the years. Um, and they're league title rings, three of them. And then state championship ring uh, from Lone Peak. And like in a vacuum, that was the high school one was the coolest. I got paid the the least. Yeah, but that was. But it was so community. Would you go back and coach high school? Um, I don't know. Maybe if I got bored, you know, a long time from now. Yeah. But I've always believed I'm going to die young. So I don't know. (laughs) You and I both. I do. I told you, 55, I'm out. Well, that would give me two years, homie. And I told you today I'm having heart palpitations. <laughs> maybe maybe you and I are on the same. Uh, don't program. Hey, you got three dudes that'll that'll give you compressions and mouth to mouth. Yeah, I know, so I know. I love we'll, you, boys. We'll get you back. <laughs> we'll get you back. It doesn't matter. Of, yeah, don't you leave us, coach. <laughs> part of the reason I don't want to do any of that is for that reason because <laughs> it, it all ties back to I've got time now. I'm still filling it crazily. I need to figure that out. Yeah. But um, you know, beyond that, life's pretty good. Well. You're the best, and we love hanging out with you and love that you're part of the show on Thursdays. And now the All-Star break's over. Uh, You've had a few days to decompress a little bit and uh, get back at it because the Jazz uh, technically still alive in terms of, you know, playoffs and play-in, but 
I don't know. Where's your where's your confidence level that that might still be in play? Well, I think it I think it honestly becomes there's one A and one B, okay? And I think one A the organization decided to make a move that that would emphasize one A and that's to play your your young guys and really evaluate them in a good stretch of the year. And then the other piece of it to have a couple roster spots open, which really paid dividends last year. And I think that Danny is a master of knowing where every player is across the continents. Uh, I mean, he just has such a good feel and rapport with people over. And I think about my time and the number of people I can call and they'll answer the phone just because we came up together. You know, like Tommy Lloyd at Arizona this week, I texted him because I saw the thing come across the wire. He just got a extension. Yeah, a nice. And one. he's making over five million a year, which is a lot more than he and I were making as assistants. Um, and so I sent him a text, and he did not reply the first day. So I texted him back, and I said, "Oh, is there like a threshold now? You you get over a certain threshold, and you don't have to tweet or text the, your your old friends back." And he sent me a What a was text. that threshold? Two million, coach? What was it? Oh, you know, like, yeah. So, well, believe me, it's far past. The, 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 as they say on the golf course, there's a super Walmart between his ball and mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the point is, I sent him a text. I said, hey, man, you got to, you know, good luck. And he said, I, I actually have been trying to take applications for people to text people back for congratulating me about my extension. Um, you know, to say that obviously it's been nuts, but, um, but we all have access to so many people through the years and Danny's got that plus he's Danny Ainge, right? He's not oh, just yeah. some mongrel that snuck in the back door like myself. Mm-hmm. He, he's a guy that could have, I mean, he could run the league if he wanted to. Um, the respect factor across the league for him is as good as I've seen anyone like players. I go early watch and, you know, the first time I noticed it, it was Phoenix and Chris Paul, like literally almost dead sprinted from one side of the court to the other to hug him. Wow. You know, it's through the relationships he maintains, the respect he has as kind of the godfather of the league in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I think it's a it's a real thing. And so back to those spots, I think you can fill that. You can run guys. You can test guys, interview guys, see what they're all about. Um, but take some chances on guys with very, very little risk. So that's 1A. 1B is, you know, can this now new iteration of the jazz with young players playing a crucial role can they take the step now to get to the play-in because with the veterans you know the play-in was kind of like the minimum but now all of a sudden with these young guys playing and having to refigure it out there is this almost like a carrot now you know if they make the playoffs so i think it's uh i think it's kind of cool the way it's structured i'm excited to watch it play out that was long-winded but no you get my it makes total sense I, I like the idea of it being a carrot for the young guys, you know, just that, that 10 spot. I don't think it's attainable because I think that the Lakers and Golden State are desperate. Agreed. I, I think that and they, they're veteran. And they're veteran. And I think they're going to make a 25-game push here at the back end of this thing to do everything they can because the amount of money that's spent. I was talking about their dis- <clears throat> the disparity between Golden State's current spending and the Utah Jazz. Golden State's at $204 million. The Utah Jazz at 132 million, and so there's there's just a difference of of press. And then you look at how many years you got left with Steph, or how many years you got left with LeBron. So I I, I like your your thought of 
Man, there, there's a carrot there, though. Well, and you just thing, get to that ten seed. That's a huge accomplishment. One thing to think about with what you just said with payroll, right? Everybody's got the same amount they can spend. If you look at it like right now, Golden State and the Lakers are they're fully in the market. You know, to draw a parallel, the Jazz assets they've got a bunch. They're trying to figure out where to place them. Yeah. Um. So it's two organizations. That's what a rebuild looks like. You pull all your assets off. You know, the board. You reallocate. You put them back, and that's the phase the Jazz are in. Uh, it's been fascinating, honestly, f- to watch it from the first step. You know, I was with, I, I was doing this the year prior, a couple of years prior. Scotty, you got me go, got me going. Um, but to watch it from the studs, they tore it down, and now to watch it kind of go back up, and you're like, oh, okay, I can see what they're doing here. It's neat, you know, mm-hmm. from a from a basketball perspective. Well, it's going to be fun, hopefully, in two or three years when this team's. You know, battling as a top four team in the Western Conference to look back and say, okay, well, this happened here, this happened here, and and you see the path of trajectory in which the Jazz are on right now, and and you you certainly hope that it leads to something like that. And I think that with Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck and Ryan Smith, that there's a good triumphant of people there that are smart guys that know how to get things done, and hopefully the Jazz are on that path right now. I feel like it, I really do, and I do trust the guys that are that are driving the boat. I feel like they're certainly licensed and experienced and been through just about everything you can go through. Um, I think the the thing that I would almost say, and almost as a challenge for fans, as Scotty, you said, you know, in a couple of years, it could be fun. Make it fun right now. And this is how. Look at it like, a, you know, look at it like, you know, you can't expect a team that did what they did to do any better than they've done. I really, I believe they've exceeded expectation. And I think Will Hardy has shown over a two-year period of time that he is elite. And I'm talking to like, every single challenge they've thrown at him. Okay, you can win with those guys, but how about you know, try yeah. this one, yeah. right? And try this, try this. And and I, the one thing that has come true is in every piece, every little sliver of team, he's taken them on a very long winning streak and had them really firing on all cylinders. I've been spending a lot of time on Larry marketing this today, Coach. I don't know if you heard kind of the opening of the show, but I, I went into kind of a, a deep diatribe and, and dive into his numbers and development and growth and then his consistency, keeping his mouth shut, just working. He is the prototypical. He is the guy that I want to build every NBA player after. And so I, I'm now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, my main goal now is to keep Larry marketing happy. I just want him happy. I want him resigned. I want him to be a building block. Maybe he's not the number one, but he's a good, solid number two. And I want him and the future of the Jazz. When you look at Lowry, you look at his relationship with the Jazz. How consistent is it? How strong is it? Because he's up after next year playing for 18-1. He's got one more yeah, year on exactly. that contract. So I would say, you know, you got to listen to what he says. And I've seen quotes from a myriad of quotes saying that he really has faith and confidence in what they're doing here and that he really likes it here. Um, the people I know around him, uh, really good friends with his coach, um, Hano Medela, played at the University of Utah. And, um, you know, every conversation we've had has been so positive about the the way they've handled them. you got to remember, this dude was in NBA jail. Like, rewind the tape and he was playing for Jim Boylan in Chicago when all hell broke loose and like the players were striking. And so his, he's seen a lot of stuff and he's also been, he's seen the unhappiness yeah, and he's also mm-hmm. been on a team where he probably should have been, you know, a guy getting the ball more, uh, but he wasn't. And he figured out a way to get through it. And he was always 
professional and respectful. Uh, it's why I don't buy into the narrative that I heard the last couple nights that you know guys are really frustrated in the locker room and Lowry looks frustrated. Lowry's frustrated because he's not playing as well lately. He's not making shots, um, and he wants to win, you know. Um, but I, I don't read anything more into it than that. And I think he understands, like I explained, that the money's all right here. The assets are all right here. We've got a great plan going forward. We know players, and we're going to surround guys, and it's going to be a great situation. I think he buys that. I, I was comparing it to the the climate that the Celtics were in when Danny Ainge was running it, and Paul Pierce was getting all kinds of restless, and, and then Danny finally pulled the trigger. Can you kind of reflect back to that time where – all of a sudden, Boston went from one thing to becoming a contender. I think it was in Danny Ainge's third year, maybe at the helm at, in Boston. Just Are there any comparisons to what Boston did in that moment and, and Paul Pierce to maybe Lauren Markkinen and, and what we can read from what Danny did in that time? I think you just put the, the body of his moves together. I mean, you look at that one, it was pretty major. I mean, it, it sent shockwaves around the league. You know, they put all those guys together on a team. And then when it worked, I mean, that was awesome, right? And everybody, because you you can be a visionary, uh, and visionaries become really crazy all all the time. You know, it's like the guys are like, the world's going to end on February fourteenth, two thousand twenty four, and they're standing there on the fifteenth, going, my deduction was false. <laughs> you know, a guy's only visionary if that vision leads to success, and Danny's did, but Danny's has now here because he pulled off. In my mind, I think it would go down always as one of the great trades in a market that, you know, everybody was wrestling for a big old piece. And Danny got through and they, they worked a deal and he got, you know, half a small village back. It, it's insane. So, like I say, your war chest is everything in a rebuild. And I think they've knocked it out of the park with personnel selection. Getting Markin in the deal period was awesome because I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure they had to fight for that a little bit, but they knew who they wanted. So I think when you look at the personnel and then, you know, you can't look at a draft like Ochai and say, oh, the draft. No, look at percentages across the league. I collect basketball cards. You'll be so, it's so crazy. You get cards two years removed. You don't even know who the guys are. I mean, that's how many guys come through this league. So you're going to miss, but can you hit? Can you hit consistently? And I think they've got a great feel for players. Hands and Scotty and the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's your Jazz Preview Show. We'll continue with Coach coming up next as we get you ready for the Jazz and Charlotte. Coming up tonight, Jazz wrapping up the All-Star break and getting ready for the stretch run, the final 26 of the season, right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. Voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke, joining us on the program. I find NBA media really strange right now. Just think there's this, and maybe it's society, there's just this ridiculous quest to complain. Oh, the players are too skilled, and the offense is too good, and there's too much offense. <laughs> yeah, right. Scoring is at a record rate. Why? That's an interesting conversation. And two, what does it mean? How does it change the game? How does it change strategy? How does it change scouting? How does it change who you draft and who you acquire? How does it change how you build a team? These are the things that should be discussed, but instead, and maybe it's just because we're in soundbite society and because there's super popular NBA podcasts that actually don't watch games, we now sit around and just complain about this. It like, makes no sense to me at all. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. 
Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Love a little Van Halen. Running with the devil, hanging with Mr. Cooper. I'm kind of in between those. You can find me in there. When you were calling the game with Scotty, how many times did he, like in a break, turn to you and say, hey, 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 hey. Did he, did not, he, he, not once. Just one time he, st- he, he looked at me and said, you're stepping on me. Did he, he brushed no, you No, no, he's, listen, he said, you're stepping on me a big kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. He did was he ever such, turn to you and say, did you do any prep for this? I, it was really kind of a hollowed experience for me. I hold Utah State in such high regard, their basketball program. I'm, as I told you guys, I'm a history buff. And... I had one of the cooler experiences this summer. Rod Tuller, I got to oh, I love to Rod. To, but he came up to me at the Coach Rose got put in the Hall of Fame. And Rod came up to me, and I was like, like, gonna, hey, can I, Rod, Coach? And he, like, I was going to introduce myself to him because I like him so much. I watched his teams. They were so tough. So I said, I went to say, Coach. And he's like, Coach Lacombe, I listened to you on the radio. And I was like, holy cow, that is the coolest thing because I hold him in such high regard. And he, he just, you know, we're kindred spirits, and we didn't even know it. Yeah, he's the best. I love that guy. He's so much fun. Um, and, and the thing was, and I told Coach, like, I'm like, this is loosey-goosey. You know, we just, did. We're, yeah. just, we're just having fun. Because if we're having fun, the listeners are having fun. But to be there with Stu Knight, and you have a great Stu story you can't tell on the air, but uh, you got to tell hands during the break. Stu Knight? Stu Morrill. Oh. I do have actually a cool story I can't oh, tell. Oh, Stu Knight. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, no, I can't not, tell. We, we weren't eating stew. I was like, no, hey, I thought you we're said not, we're, not, like, we're not the Kelsey's doing hey, a you commercial. You can mix that up and make a stew. Like dude. Is that like a potluck? You can mix that up and make a stew. Rip Carl Weathers just recently. Hey, how good is Utah State, though? They're really good because they do the things that, you know, they're physical. And Danny's really coached. Like Isaac Johnson's, uh, he's such a great prospect. But I think everybody that sat and watched him was like, can he handle the rigors? And he went to Oregon and, you know, physically just didn't match up with the guys they had. They didn't put him out there. Um, and I think Danny was just really honest and told him, you know, we got we to gotta get you doing more physical things. And I saw a play the other night in the San Diego State game. I had to rewind it. You know, he, the, he made the, a, the tip put back yeah. on the miss three. Yeah. I mean, a huge critical part of the game, too. Part. Holding on to a one-point lead. San Diego State's throwing a haymaker, and uh, and he rebounds that ball, puts it back up and in, puts him back up three, and it was just a huge play. So I think he's done a great job of certainly bringing guys like – I don't – you cannot – you cannot say enough about uh, Osibor and uh, Darius Brown. Yeah. I love Darius Brown. He is he a lot like Dallin Hall. They're both just floor generals. If they need to score 25 and they fall into it, they're going to. They're not out there hunting shots or hunting opportunities. They're out there hunting wins. Okay, so I'm going to draw a Osborne comparison because it, it hit me. Um, what game did I? Oh, the San Diego State game. Yeah. Okay, and, and you guys can shoot me down. Feel free to shoot me down. Because you guys both He's know. nothing like Brian Bosworth. <sighs> All right. Would you agree on that, Scotty? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I got your back on that. Go ahead. <clears throat> My great Osborne comparison is Serge Ibaka. I could buy that. Um, I, that's I, Yeah, I see that. That's that, that was the best one I could come up with. Because I kept thinking, man, what is it about his strength 
and his movement. But yet, Serge would still go out and he'd shoot a perimeter shot. They're both oak trees. Both oak trees. That was the thing about Osborne. That like, base geez, is geez, crazy. Man. And I'm telling you, he came off the bench for Montana State the last two years. Oh, when yeah. I, when I, cover, I, I went and did their games against Montana or against Weber when they came to town a couple times with the irreverent Dave Fox. He was my partner on those. Uh, the Reverend? The Reverend, yes. Did I say irreverent? Yeah. He was just, he was just christened a reverend. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I got to see him twice, and I'm like, gosh, dang, that kid's a specimen. And then, you know, all leads to Scotty calling me and saying, man, Danny Sprinkle, you told me about him. His name's in the deal. Like, if you can push on him, but all credit, and that one goes to Jerry Bovey, who yes. was in a tough situation, not knowing if he's going to get the job. And based on the merits of that hire, maybe they ought to give him a little bit more money because he did a, he made a really good hire in the, in the process. In the midst of complete chaos. No no president. <laughs> I mean, tell me chaos. about it. Yeah. yeah. It's basically like, hey, meet me at the high spot, and we're going to negotiate a deal. I mean, there's I no— think. I think. I, Do you I, trust me? Now, I'm, this is all verbal. I got to go get this okay. I mean, all that stuff. And, and it wasn't like Danny wasn't a hot commodity. Um, but I think Danny knew what he was looking for. I think he really thrives. He said it the other night. He looks around and goes, my goodness, I get to be the coach here. So he was looking for no returning talent? Is that he was? No, no, not that. No. <laughs> but I also think he had he has bigger sights than just, he's not a one-year, you know. I think he understands what process is. They've just really... Um, I guess exceeded what you would expect from a team that had no one. You think Danny shook with how good they're good, they're they're rolling? Right oh yeah. You think he shook? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Like, yeah. But now you look at the product and you're like, well, what do I got here? These guys are really believing. You you know you mentioned the connection with Brown Osport. You throw a false live in his athleticism, dude. He's amazing. His movement, and yeah. especially when I'm in the gym. I challenged him. Do you know that? No. Yeah. Before practice at, at shoot around, I said, "Get past me." No, I, oh. so I recruited the kid, and I said, he looked at me, and he said, you remember me? He goes, I mean, I, he pulled a dollar out of his wallet to give it to me. I think he knew, I thought I was in despair. I'm like, no, it's me, Tim. See? <laughs> and like, go, and get he, yourself, oh. go get yourself a warm meal. Yeah, so when I said Lacombe, he's like, oh, Lacombe. So I said, hey, I'm up here. Have a game. And did he have a game? Yes. He had a great game. Oh, yeah. oh he lit it like up. Like a young yeah. Scott Gerrard. His first half was just... <laughs> 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 how uh, how quickly did you guys get ruled out on that recruiting? Because I know you offered him what is a oh, it was an unbelievable story. So in Vegas, and first chance we can see him, and I saw an out an outing akin to what we saw that night. He was all over the place. He was fierce. He was fearless. They're playing this team from back east, and so I walked out of the gym. I said, Coach, I think we're gonna we gotta go on this kid, and. So we, we had them down in between uh, weeks, evaluation weeks. Uh, they came down on an unofficial. We did our thing. And they went back out. And I'm, I'm maybe getting the chron- chronological order wrong. So if compliance is listening, don't hold me to this. <laughs> uh, no, but in the interim, they, uh, they, you know, Utah had offered. And then I was driving in Vegas. I'll never forget it. My phone rings. I'm in my rental car, and it's Mason. I'm like, hey, what's up? And we had offered him like four days before, and he's in the ninth grade. And he's like, oh, I really just wanted to thank you for the offer. I was like, ah, oh, sweet, no problem. I thought he wanted to chat. And he's like, uh, but Utah just offered me, and I'm going to take that one. And that's uh, when I knew, like, WCC. 
Oh, this is going to be tough. The Pac-12, they had the Trump card, man. It's like, I got to wear more cologne. But, son, we're going to play all up and down the West Coast. And Ryland probably had a little bit to do with that. You know, his dad probably had a little bit to do with that. Well, they were also, Larry had that, he just had the dog collar on that, uh, yeah. On that traveling team. So he's always been able to be with them. And it was not illegal. It would just, it would eat my craw because I would go to the tournaments and be sitting over there with, you know, with the coaches. And Larry would be over there with the, sitting right next to the false loves watching his kid play. And you can do it, you know. So it was just a, I just needed to have more kids. Who on that current Utah State roster translates to the NBA the most? I think he may. It'd be false love. I tell you, you what, though. Do you I, agree with that, Scotty? I think just on the track he's on. I mean, yeah. great's just kind of a odd size, you know. What is he six? Really six, seven? Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, you know, I think they list him at how six big eight was six Ladee? nine. Ladee's when you six, saw nine. those two next to each Ladee's, other. Ladee's longer. Yeah, Osborne's got him. He's Beef. a little bit beefier. Beefier. Yeah. Mm. But Lede, you watch Lede come out on the court, you're like, oh my god! Holy cow, has he got that better dude, too? That dude's a man. You remember when he, he like, oh he, yeah, he could hardly walk and chew gum. Yeah, he they've done a great job of developing. He's which, He's got a nice shot. Which to jump, not to jump, but just to give credit, I think where BYU's knocked it out of the park is development. You know, they a couple of years that each year they would kind of re restock the cupboard with nice shiny toys, but I think what they found was, you know, all those toys are in the portal for a reason, and you know, you kind of start figuring out, man, there's a lot of me guys in that portal. The, the best way to build a team is the old-fashioned way is to, to to bet on a couple guys, you know, treat them really great and develop the heck out of them. And I think you see that in Dallin Hall. I think you see that in Droves and Spencer Johnson. I think you see that uh, already with Jackson Robinson in a short period of time. The big guys there have gotten way better. Like, Ali Khalifa needs to have his own radio station or channel. Like, the guy's a – he's a phenomenon. Yeah, I, I was just talking about Ali quite a bit and put out a couple of videos on on the guy. Scotty and I were just talking about this. What is it? And Mimidokor was just on the station, so it made us talk about it a little bit too. What is it with these uh, longer kind of the, like the bigger, more deliberate stepped bigs? They're not overly fast. They're not overly physical. They're, but their delivery is on time, in rhythm. And, and it just makes a game and a team flow, even though they're not this specimen. It's almost the Kelly Olenek, but Kelly's maybe a little bit more athletic than some that we're talking about. How do those guys fit so well in the game? And why does their game work so well? Because the game's all spacing, right? And you get somebody who sees the floor like he sees it, for starters. So he's got the skill. First of all, he's got great hands and he's got great... His feet. I never thought he would be able to play defense, and they've got they've got to figure it out with him, which is really impressive. Um, but back to offense, I think it's he's got the skill to shoot it over the top of you if you're not guarding him. He's got the like got unbelievable ability. Like if it's one to ten, you know, and you rate a guy on passing, he's a ten. Um, the pass he made the other day across his face to a cutter that nobody thought was even in play mm-hmm. was incredible. So the way he sees the floor, it, it just creates space for him. You know what I mean? Like, it, he's such a great passer that people have to crawl up in him. If they're crawled up in him, they can't help on a screen, yeah. on a down screen. That's why you see so many free Correct. runs to the rim. Yeah. And, and that's why toward the end of that game, after making 14 threes, <laughs> they were so paralyzed at that three-point line that 
even if they wanted to go help, they couldn't. And Waterman two times, Waterman once and Foose the other, right down the center and dunk the ball with five Baylor guys yeah. hugging the three-point line. Yeah. It was fascinating. That's when you know your offense has absolutely broken a defense. Yeah, it, I was talking to Scotty about Osborne and his passing. Oh, I know. It, that's it. And that's the thing. You've got Khalifa and Osborne, who are two not just great players, very different players in how in their skill sets, but, boy, just elite passers. Yeah, too. exactly. See the floor. So, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see. It's a great question on the NBA thing for – for Utah State, I think false level. I said it on the air that night. If he can play at that level, and what's cool is it takes guys a year or so typically to get that confidence. You remember Sam Merrill or in his career? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's questioning everything he did. It's just human nature. You get imposter syndrome. Should I really be here? Um, you get through that, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start walking around with a little, and then you're like, you know, you think about your senior year at BYU. Like you were bigger than, oh, yeah. right? Nobody could touch no, you're your it. confidence mm-hmm. and your comfort level, but. To see that already in him, that's the stuff that kind of stands out to me. Is Ali the best uh, translate to the NBA for BYU's roster, or is it Jackson? Starting, I, it's starting to. I'm telling you, I've, I've heard some buzz around him, and um, I think when any guy that has just an elite skill set, you know, you've seen elite shooters, that's really what they do, uh, J.J. Redick, uh, then they, they complement their game. But I think guys can get in the league on elite skill, yes. All right, we'll take one final break, wrap this thing up. Tim Lacombe hanging out with us in studio, talking jazz, talking college hoops. Hey, look, we're talking everything. Come on, let's get to it. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You need to see this jazz team up close and in person. Oh, that was filthy. Listen all day, every Tuesday, for your chance to win jazz tickets. As the Zone will give away jazz tickets at 30 past the hour, every hour, all day long. It's Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Every Tuesday, all season long, presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. And on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. For the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies, yeah, we've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. Let them see what crazy. Wrapping up another edition of the show, Hans and Scotty, but more importantly, Tim Lacombe. Jazz taking on Charlotte tonight. Coach Charlotte's a mess. Jazz get the win tonight. Yeah, they'll win tonight. Um, I thought Charlotte, you know, the move they made, getting rid of P.J. Washington, he was one of the – yeah, I like him, you know. But I think the Jazz, if – I think a couple things. I think they need to play connected. It's a word you hear all the time, but I think it's one of the more important words for them right now. With veterans gone, new guys playing, and I think the veterans got to reach down and help them, but this, the team's got to play connected. Like we saw them play against Golden State. We saw some good things, and then I want to see the, the continued growth from these young guys um, and see where they can take it. Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller. And Miller, the Miller-Georgia, you know, two really good fresh or rookies. Uh-huh. That'll be a fun little battle. Uh, Brandon Miller's out of Alabama, was the second pick in the draft. Um Chatted with, you know, he had he was in that incident with the gun, right? You remember all that craziness at Alabama. Uh, and I talked sure, to his coach yeah. about it, Nate Oates. Nate's a great friend, longtime Juco guy. T- talk about a guy who has just busted his tail to get where he's at. But yet one of the greater dudes, like, will take time to, 
call me on a bus to check in. It's just neat. Um, but he's uh, he talked about how great a kid he is, you know, back, and it was kind of during that time. Um, and he just, you know, it was unfortunate, probably wrong place, wrong time. But he's having a nice nice first year. Very nice. Averaging 16 and a half points a game. Yep. And Looks he, the part. He's doing his thing. Looks the part. Looks like he's going to have a real fit in mm-hmm. the league for a long time. But I just, I'm just curious, man. I can't wait. I'm going to watch this thing with open eyes. And because it's like, all right, this is still a watermark. No, it is. Charlotte is a watermark. Oh, com- yeah. Coming out of the all-star break, it's it's going to be a tale of of many of many things of what this Jazz team is going to do to finish out their final 20-plus. And I think the way to, you know, to look at it is game to game. You know, what kind of changes do you see maybe in rotation? Um, because I still think we're in that. Now we've had to rewind the tape back to forming. And, you know, you saw a guy in THT who didn't get a lot of minutes at all in that major swath of the season, and now he's getting minutes because he's one of the guys, I you know, that can understand what to do, where to be. So there's just functional things that they're trying to figure out now, too. By the way, we were talking about the chances of the Utah Jazz making it into that 10 spot and finding their way into the play-in. If they're going to do it, it's going to take a Keontae George explosion through the final 20-plus. That's that's what it is, a scoring and fit explosion by Keontae George. And we've seen, like the other night we saw a great shooting night, but it has been the the bugaboo for him, but it is for many rookies. You know, the speed of the game changes, the physicality, the duration of the season. There's so many factors. Um, but I'm with you. I think if he can get consistent shooting the ball, he's shown he can play make. He's starting to become more comfortable as a leader. Um, you know, defense, he's got to get better, right? He's got to do a better job of taking that challenge. Um, but I think all told, I'm really liking what I'm seeing, but I'm excited for him to be able to kind of put a, a stamp on the season with some consistency here on the back end. Well, Coach, appreciate it. Have a great call tonight. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I, when they were playing uh, uh, the shutdown music right there, nothing's going to stop us now. I got tears in my eyes. And I know. wanted to pull my lighter out, but then I remembered I was in the studio. You can still pull it out. I just felt like I was close to the stage. Stop it. <laughs> I guess there are like didn't want to if something the were to catch fire, fire, there would be moisture. Yeah, Bonneville doesn't look too kindly upon lighters. Uh, I'll have to tell you, there that, could be moisture. I'll have to tell you the story about when I tried to touch the lead singer for uh, the Toadies. I tried to Did you re- get kicked. I tried to reach. I got elbowed. Security guard got me. Didn't even see him. He was sitting right behind Did he take the wall. You out? Yeah, put me down. You? And I was underage. I got to see him. I shouldn't have been in there, but I, I was. Got That's myself the to the only front time row. you've ever transgressed any law. Mosh, moshing. Very obedient young lad. Yes, that's hands. <laughs> you know it, Coach. You know me all. You guys so, are my guys. So I love well. you. Thanks for having me in. Thank Absolutely. You. JJ and Alex coming up next, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. I know this baby's about to be out ya, but I was listening to a little in ya. 